Hello, everyone, and welcome to Second Impressions, the show where we'll do anything twice. My name's Danica. And my name's Emma. Happy Halloween almost. <laughs> That's really good. <clears throat> Thank um, you. Do you know what you're doing for Halloween? What are you doing for Halloween? Um, I don't think we're really doing anything. Our friends tried to make some plans, but that was a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't heard anything since. We are doing a costume contest at work that I was not going to participate in until yesterday. My boss emailed me, and he's like, can you put something together for the sales team? And now I am 100% in it to win it, committed, we're doing this. What are you going to do for the team? I don't know. We haven't decided on our theme yet, which I know is very risky considering that we only have a week left. But Kind of uh, running out of time, yeah. Yeah. One of the ideas I think is very good. And, well, we have a couple of good ideas. Um, so there are a lot of Jeffs at our workplace. So somebody suggested famous Jeffs. Okay. <laughs> and uh, – Oh, it dibs on Jeff Goldblum. I know, right? The best one. Yeah. Um, yeah, or Jeff Bridges, also good. Jeff Bridges is also good. Just be the dude. Um, and then one of our sales guys, um, he was growing this mustache for like months and he got so much flack for it because it wasn't like looking super great for a very long time, but then it got good. (laughs) Mustaches will do that. Yeah. And then he just shaved it off like last week. Oh, son of a bitch. He couldn't use that. I know, and everybody is so sad now, or most people are, and so somebody suggested uh, that we all just dress as a giant mustache. I don't know how that would work, but that could be very funny. My vision, I guess, is that we just go buy a shit ton of, like, um, black poster board and then just cut out, like, pieces Mm. of a mustache, kind of like a puzzle. Right, and then you fit them all together and it's just a huge mustache. A huge fucking mustache, yeah. I like that. Um, and then there is like, you know, superheroes, um, other things like that. But what I think is the funniest suggestion is that we just all dress like my boss because he has a very distinct look. Yes, that one. Do <laughs> he it. He just uh, wears black every single day. Black Perfect. t-shirt, black jeans, black shoes. Perfect. And Good. he is always drinking the uh, like LaCroix sparkling water drink he's a Lacroix boy kind of um so it's like this would be so easy for us to do like we could all just wear our work branded t-shirts and then I'm sure everybody has a pair of black pants and you know we just go get one of those flats of Lacroix from Costco or whatever and then everybody can just carry around a Lacroix with them I love it you gotta do but that one that's really good I hope so I think it's good. I've put it up on our board as just like the secret option because I want to surprise him with it. Yeah, so. that would be so funny. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. I think we're going to vote tomorrow or on Friday. So Cool. Yeah, I'll let you know. Please do. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you have any plans for Halloween? Um, There's a party that I'm probably going to, but I have no costume and I also have no ideas and so chances are i'll probably just like go to superstore and find a costume that fits me and i'll just go as that the best quickest costume i ever put together was a couple of years ago 
Uh, Travis and I went dressed as the cool cats from that community episode. Oh, that was a really good costume. So I highly recommend that if you have no idea what to do because you have a leather jacket and like a white, no, black t-shirt, black pants, sunglasses. You just need the cat stuff. That would be really good. Do it. That is a good simple costume. Wow. Look at all these hot tips coming at (laughs) you. Hot Halloween Um, tips. That's good. Yeah, if I don't uh, get, like, if I don't just buy a costume, we have this um, Kigurumi, which is just a huge onesie, and it's a bat. It's very cute. It's technically Keegan's, but he never wears it because it's really hot, uh, so I wear it sometimes because it's very, very soft and cozy. Where so I can just wear that, from? but I don't know. I think he, I think he got it as a gift, so I don't know where oh, man. Um, it was from, but it's awesome. So, yeah, I was considering... I'm thinking about just wearing that, but then there's also going to be a lot of people in a very small area, so it'll probably be too hot to wear that, so I don't know. (laughs) I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. You know, it'd be so clever, but, like, maybe you need more time to pull it off. If you, like, wear one of those onesies, and then when you get too hot, you, like, take it off, and then you have a skeleton costume on underneath. Oh, my God! That's actually so <laughs> Now I want to do that. Okay, do that. Okay. This has yeah, been okay, I can figure that out. Costume talk. Yeah, you're really good at this. God, I'm going to talk to you. I love Halloween. I'm going to talk to you uh, much farther in advance for next year's Halloween so you can help me with ideas. Yeah, I think next year I really want to do like Gomez and Morticia Adams like a dream that's a really good costume couple's costume of mine but then i also really want to do a shark costume like just literally go buy a shark costume oh you should have gotten that shark head that we found well i couldn't really see out of that it was so funny though the uh, eye holes or eye mesh whatever was not greatly placed um but i have seen just like these really great shark costumes on like amazon so Mm -hmm. I think if I purchase one not in October, it's like a more reasonable price. So I might just do that. That's a good idea. And then just have it. One couple's costume I want to do is Bill and Ted. Ah, yes. We've talked about doing that for a many number of years, but we haven't gotten around to like coordinating and actually doing it yet. So we got to do that. Oh, my God. One of these times. That'd be so good. Right. Yeah. It'd be really comfy, too. Yeah. Yeah. Super comfy. Maybe next year. Hey, Emma. Hey, Danica. What are you drinking? Oh, my God. I have quite possibly the greatest beer that I just found today at the liquor store. What? And I bought it simply because of the name. I wasn't too sure how I would like it, but it is by Bridge Brewing Company, which is in North Shore, Vancouver. I know them brewing company i know them i like them what'd you and get i got their limited release shroot farms beet farmhouse ale shut up <laughs> they didn't the description on the bottle is really what sold it for me because i was like i have to buy this now so i can read it on air uh, it says beets or no, Beers beats Battlestar Galactica. Fuck yeah. And then it says, um, pouring a beautiful pink, Shroot Farms is earthy, balanced, and slightly spicy. NBC, please don't sue us. 
Oh my god! I'm getting it. I'm so excited. I want that. I want that in my mouth. Beats. Bears. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. And, and it's actually it's, good. It's actually good. I like Fuck. it. God, Bridge is so good. They just do like really weird combinations yeah. um, in beer form. They have a lot of beers that are just like based on mixed drinks. Uh, they do this one that I really like. It's the bourbon and blood orange. I'm pretty sure that's them. Mm-hmm. And I think they have a gin and tonic beer as well. Nice. Yeah. It's very it's very interesting. Um, wow. Yeah. Shout outs to Bridge. I did also see at the store when I was there, um, Cole Harbor, which made the lemon dino sour beer that I tried mm-hmm. during our uh, beer episode. They now have a lime dino sour beer. Oh, and they have this other one that's called, I think it's called Beer Connoisseur, like connoisseur, but sour. I, I got it. <laughs> you didn't have to Did you get it? it you know, it's like it. the connoisseur word. Yeah, but it's they sour. Yeah, uh-huh. it was sour. Kind of sour. It's clever. No, I really like it. It was really funny. I was laughing, just not out loud. I just really want to make sure that you get their little play on words no, there. I, I got it. Okay, Thank good. you. Cool. Okay. Thanks. Hey, Danica. Hey, Emma. What you drinking? Um, back to my old faithful 33 acres this ah, time. Yes. I'm drinking the darkness. Mm. It is so spooky. good. It's kind of spooky, I guess. Yeah, it's got like a big old moon on it. I don't know. It's just good. I just like it. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. yeah. I don't really have anything else to say because I've talked about it before. It's good. <laughs> it's near... It's in Mount Pleasant where I'm all the time, so wherever. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Good. It's good beer. <laughs> I can hear it. Wait, hang on. Oh, we harmonized. <laughs> All right, let's get into what we're talking about today. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. It's our final spooky week, and we read a book. And watched the movie. Did you watch the movie? I did watch the movie. Did ah, you watch the movie? we read a book and watched a movie. Oh, my God, we did two things. I'm so proud of us. Yeah. Uh, Are you proud of us, listener? You should be. You really should be, listener. Just, Jeff knows. Jeff, listener Jeff, Jeff he knows how hard i was working at getting this done this is more work than i've done for probably any other episode yeah well it it was a lot yeah i guess it was a lot um we read and watched the shining (laughs) stephen king novel from 1977 that sounds right cool um, it was his third novel, after Carrie and some other one. The Stand? Sam's Lot. No, oh. Sam's Lot. Oh, I have that one. Duh. Hey, nice. Hey. Um, side by side on my bookshelf. As they probably would be in a library. Nah. Maybe? Probably. Probably. I don't, I, I think it's by title. Wait. Yes, S. 
You're correct. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Salem's Lot and the Shining? Yeah. 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 Um, One thing that I found out was I think he had written two other books before finishing The Shining, but The Shining got published before the other ones did. Mm, Interesting. You know, sometimes it'd be like that. Sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah. And other than that, that's kind of all that I really know about this book. Um, And then the movie came out in 1980, and it was directed by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, The adaptation was also by Stanley Kubrick and one other person. And... Yep. Apparently, Stephen King did write a movie script adaptation for Stanley Kubrick, and Stanley Kubrick threw it in the trash. Oh, no. I'm going to say right off the bat, one thing that we didn't watch, but I am very curious in watching, is there is a miniseries. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's like six. Oh, God. I don't even know. It's, it's however many parts, but it's longer than a movie. And so apparently Stephen King is a lot happier with how the miniseries came out because he was a producer on it, maybe helped. And like, I don't know, he just worked really closely with the people to make sure that it was what he wanted it to be because yeah. apparently he kind of hates the movie. He so. totally hates the movie. He yeah. really does. And um, part of the process for him making The Shining into the miniseries was um, because Stanley Kubrick owned some sort of rights to The Shining for maybe like the visual rights or something dumb mm-hmm. like that. Um, he had to get Stanley Kubrick's permission to make yeah. the miniseries. And so part of Stanley Kubrick's um, like I don't, demands for for Stephen King was that he stopped talking trash about the movie. (laughs) Well, I guess that's fine because if they were able to produce this miniseries that he is really happy with, then he can just talk about that and he can tell people, hey, watch this. Yeah. Instead of don't watch that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we didn't watch that. We watched um, the shit movie. Yeah, it's not shit. It's it's like a super famous, really good horror film. But I had never read the book before, so that was a new experience. Me neither. For moi. Excellent. Um, let's get into it. Well, first, let's talk about The Shining a little bit. Even more? So, for, no. For those of you who don't know, it's the story of a family that has to go stay at a hotel over the winter time. Oh uh, yeah, I guess I didn't actually talk about the plot. Yes, and the. Uh, there's a there's a mommy and a daddy and and a little boy <laughs> and uh, the little like boy copy. Danny he has like this sort of sixth sense um, that's called the shine or the shining hence the title of the book boom mm-hmm. um and then basically the hotel is evil and it just kind of permeates into their lives and lots of lots of spooky shit happens. A lot of spooky shit happens. Yeah. Uh yes. Now, let's get into our first impressions. Perfect. Um I guess I will say, as I've talking talked about before, that I don't have like a ton of experience with 
experience with anything that's like horror related. Um, classic the Danica. Classic me. I was just a scared <laughs> little baby, and I just didn't want anything to do with anything scary, ever, ever, ever. That being said, I have seen bits of the movie before because it's like super famous and on all the time. And there are just like really iconic scenes that I think everyone has really seen when he yeah. sticks his head through the door and it's like, here's Johnny. Yeah. Um, and Red Rum and the little girls at the end of the hallway saying, play with us, Danny. And all of these like really iconic moments um, I obviously knew about and I had seen. Uh, however, I didn't really know anything about the book. And I kind of assumed that the film was very similar to the book. Um, but obviously there'd be more, like, meat. <laughs> more meat in it. <laughs> Not literal meat. <laughs> although there is more literal meat in the book. Um, it's just that, you know, it's always hard to adapt um, a really long novel into a movie. And the movie itself is really heckin' long. Yeah, two so and a half hours. That, oh, God, it's so long. And so I figured that, like, oh, a movie that long, it's got to be at least mostly faithful to the book, right? Mm-hmm. Ha, 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 That was fun to discover, that it's, like, not really at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, had no experience with the book. I knew that it was really famous. Was not really interested in reading it. And the movie, I had seen just all the most, like, iconic scenes. Ah. And I was just like, ah, a cool horror movie. I don't really watch horror movies, so I don't care. And that's it. <laughs> What about you? Um, <clears throat> so the book, um, obviously this was my first time reading it, but I actually bought it probably like 10 years ago from a used bookstore for like a dollar. Nice. And it's actually like the movie cover version of the book that we all hate, book lovers. Hilarious. <laughs> um, but I think it's really cool and nice, and that means that the book is like 30 years old. It's pretty old, my copy. Mm -hmm. um and I had it on my shelf for like years and years 10 years basically and um I never read it because I had heard from multiple sources like my mom and other people that it was like the scariest Stephen King book and I was like oh really oh yeah I was like oh shit I'm too baby to read this I'll like get to it eventually and um you know I've moved an awful lot and it's come with me everywhere and I've just never cracked it open and and this time I did but I'll talk about that later uh the movie though um obviously the movie came out before we were born so um I remember my first experience with The Shining I was actually super young probably I don't know seven or eight and oh um, man that is too young for that movie I did I wasn't watching it though (laughs) So okay. it was like the middle of the day, maybe evening. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I was playing with my Barbie dolls. And when my Barbies would go on vacation, we would like leave my bedroom and go to mm-hmm. this area that was like behind the couch. And it was, it was a large area. Like our piano was back there and stuff like that. Like so maybe you'd like five feet to play with or whatever. And Yeah, it wasn't just like you scrunched up. Between the couch and the wall. Yeah. So <laughs> I took my Barbies on vacation, as you do. As you and, do. And um, it must have just been on TV, The Shining. Like, my, I don't think my mom would have put it on. But my mom was watching it. 
Mm-hmm. And she was like, she saw me come out. She's like, oh, Emma, like, don't look at the TV. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and um, the the soundtrack in the movie is so terrifying. Like, it just adds to the fear that you're mm-hmm. – that you're experiencing when you're watching the movie. So me, like, behind the couch listening to the music, I could hear, like, the high, like, whatever that is. Flute, strings, something, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a spooky movie. Like, I'm not going to look because um, I was smart and a good child who listened to her mom sometimes. (laughs) So, um, So we were playing and I was like, just about to leave, like, we're done vacation. I was going back to my room, and I remember that scene where this is probably the worst scene for, like, a child to see in The Shining, but it is when Jack goes to explore room 237. Oh, no. That is, like, the worst scene for a kid to walk in on. And uh, there's, like, a lady in the bathtub, and she's just fully naked. Like, you see full frontal bush boobs everything you see it all yeah you see it all and she like comes out of the tub and she like is seducing jack by just being a woman being naked yeah and he's like i'm into this and he goes and they like start making out um and then he like looks in the mirror and discovers that she is not the young hot lady that she's supposed to be she's like actually like a bloated dead corpse that he's it's like rotting yeah. yeah and um i had like i just remember i remembered the scene kind of differently in my mind but i do remember just being like oh shit and as soon as like it cut to um that visual of the corpse in the mirror i like hid behind the couch again but then i could like hear her laughing because she has like this crazy witch laugh and i was like and then she stopped and then i like ran away to my bedroom oh my god so that was like my very first that is like a very scary scene yeah so i was very scared of the movie for a while but then i i did watch it in its entirety when i was a teenager and again like I was frightened of it. The kids are creepy. That mm-hmm. scene is really creepy. And actually, I think this watch was, like, the first time I actually watched the scene, like, with my eyes completely open the whole time. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and then just, like, Jack near the end of the movie when he's, like, all crazy. That's creepy. The blood in the elevator. That was mm-hmm. creepy. It was just like so – it was such a creepy movie. And um, I do remember being quite scared of it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I do remember though it being a good movie. Like I enjoyed it. It was very beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's my first impression. That's about it. It's a lot. Very spook. Much spook. 20 out of 10 spooks. <laughs> Oh, an early rating. Yeah. First rating, 20 out of 10. Yeah. All right. Will you, will you still give a second rating at the end of the episode, right? Oh, yeah. That'll be my second impression rating. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Wonderful. No, that's the only rating I'm giving. Remember You just it. refuse. <laughs> You're just like, this is the only rating it gets. 
yeah. forever and always 20 out of 10 spooks. <laughs> we might have to fight about that. Uh, no, I don't think we will. Okay. <laughs> Second impressions time? Yeah. All right. Um, which did you do first this time around? Did you read the book or watch the movie? The book. Me too. So let's talk about the book first. Okay. I, uh, like, overall found it a really compelling read. I found, like, at first I thought that it was a little bit um, difficult to get into uh, because there are a lot of thoughts that are popping into the characters' heads and the way that those are, like, spaced out. I found those, um, it, it broke up the flow a little bit. Um, and occasionally there would be, like, things being thought and things being said at the same time. And that part, it took me a while to, like, kind of fall into the flow of it. But once I did, um, I was, like, in it. And I found it pretty easy to just, like, follow along. And then at the same time... I liked that the chapters were short enough that you could kind of just, like, pick it up and put it down whenever you wanted. So if you wanted to, like, sit down and have a good long read, you could because it's just really easy to get deep into the story and read it for a long time. But if you either, number one, got too scared, or number two, had things to go and do, um, there was probably a chapter break coming up, like, soon enough. So you could just, like, mark your place and walk away. So I appreciated that a lot. Um, and I know that one of the reasons why Stephen King was unhappy with the film was that uh, it implies that Jack was crazy before they got to the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And, like, yeah, he's not crazy at the beginning of the book, but he's certainly not well. Like, no. He's a mentally unhealthy man, and it goes pretty deep into why yes. that is. And, yeah, there's not really any time to, like, unpack that in the movie, and they don't even really try to unpack that in the movie. No. Um, they, like, touch on it, um, like, his alcoholism and stuff at the beginning, mm -hmm. but that is literally the only time they mention it like twice and that's it uh but in the book you get like a lot of backstory um occasionally too much i did like skim through a few parts because i was like starting to get bored um mostly about the hotel's backstory oh because yeah, it really gets that into that a, as well that was a long chapter that was a lot it talks about what happens at the hotel and all of the people that have stayed there and all of the owners it had because it traded hands a bunch of times and, like, tons of, like, criminals stayed there and, like, way more people died there than they even touch on in the movie. And it's just, like, yeah, just digging up all these old skeletons. And I found myself skimming through those parts pretty often. Um, but I did appreciate that it was there because it makes the horror of it and Jack's fasc fascination with it uh, that much more interesting, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I liked um, 
the family's relationships with each other because they were deep and complicated. Yes. Like a real and, family. Yeah. And you also did not get any of that in the movie. Not at all. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was good that you got um, sort of the reasoning why Jack and Wendy like stay together in the book. And they have this like, because their marriage is like not great. And they know that it's not great. And it is funny that they like, divorce comes up and Danny is the one that brings it up because he has heard the word in their minds, but they've never talked about it out loud, even with each other. They learn about all this with like a doctor's appointment that they have. And yeah, they're both like surprised and then also not surprised. And they just have to kind of like start openly talking about this thing that they've both thought about and then shut down because they both like separately decided that they were going to stay with each other it's very it's like very complicated it's very kind of wild um but it does encourage you as the reader to like root for them as a unit and then in the movie you're definitely rooting for like one or the other yeah yeah but in the book it's like oh i want them all to be okay yeah yeah yeah. What was your impression of the book? Um, I was surprised, actually, at just how deep the book was compared to the film. And mm-hmm. um, I don't – I didn't remember the film very clearly, but I do remember being, I guess, confused by, like, character motivations in the book – or in the in the film – Mm-hmm. And the book just completely clears that up. And as I was reading, I was like, oh, of course, like, this happened in the movie because of this. This happens in the movie because of that. And I was constantly just thinking of the film because we were going to watch it later. And right. um, I just, I really enjoyed just how logical the book was for this, um, like, time. Very logical. In yeah. the Terrence's lives. Like, everything makes sense. You can definitely tell why characters are acting the way they are why something scary is happening in the book the way that it is mm-hmm. um yeah it just it was very cohesive and i really enjoyed that um yeah it was like yeah it was very deep and it made a lot of sense it was just like i'm taking this job because my friend hooked me up with it and yeah. i can't let him down and I don't have any other job offers right now because I lost my last job very suddenly because I fucking hit a kid. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, this is going to be hard, but it's our last resort. And can't like have to take Wendy and Danny with me because where are they going to stay? Wendy has a terrible relationship with her mother. Her dad's passed away. Like, she's not going to want to go there. And... Like, Jack has all of these problems because his father was really abusive, and you just get all of this, like, rich history that is so necessary for the characters. Yeah. For you to understand, like, why they're doing these things. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I really appreciated, I guess, was that, so in the book, Jack is a writer, and he's writing a play, and he makes a very, like, distinct point to to say that he enjoys writing characters, all of his characters, 
good and bad because he can understand the motivation behind their actions. So he never like hates one of his characters. He's never rooting for one of his characters over the other. And um, you can definitely... That's probably like exactly how Stephen King feels. Well, yeah, I really feel like Jack was kind of a manifestation of Stephen King, not with just the writing aspect, but also like Stephen King's been very open about his substance abuse problems and alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, it was probably like therapeutic in a way for him to write this character that was just very much like him. Cause, yeah, I was reading yeah. the same thing. Um, he said something like there were like, I guess, demons that he was still struggling with and getting over, even though by the time he was writing this novel, he wasn't drinking anymore. And he had stopped like using hitting as a punishment for his kids because he fully admitted that he like thought that that was an appropriate punishment at some point. And he was like, I understand that it's not now. Um, but he was like, there are, there are always like moments that he had where he would just get so frustrated and he would have certain like urges to do, I guess the bad thing as Danny would say. (laughs) And he was able to kind of like flush that out of his system by just putting it all into Jack. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like out there and in this other character and then it was gone. Yeah. And I think... I mean, I don't know for sure, but it sure seems like Stephen King as a person is, like, much more healthy and stable now. Oh, I agree 100%. Have you seen some of his Facebook posts? Just no, I don't have his Facebook. Dog. Oh, right. Oh, or Twitter. <laughs> I think he has no, a corgi. adorable. Oh, I love corgis. Maybe? They I don't like know. little loves of bread. Yeah. Um, That's adorable. But, yeah, he definitely is, I think, probably a much better person now. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the main thing I just really also enjoyed about the book was that it was legitimately terrifying in some scenes. What scenes in particular? Um, well, the first one that comes to mind is when Danny is out in the playground by himself, which is not a scene in the film. Mm-hmm. And he's his parents are sleeping, I think. And yeah. he goes outside to play on the playground. and But he remembers that the uh, that Halloran, the guy that also has the shine in the book and the movie, has told him, like, don't go to these spots, which includes the playground. Mm-hmm. And Danny's like, fuck it, I'm going <laughs> to the playground. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he gets there, it has snowed, and he's like... I can't remember why I'm not supposed to be here, but I think it's fine. And he gets to the playground and there's like a cement tube. And I'm envisioning one of these like little tunnels that you crawl through as a small child. That's what I was envisioning too. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And um, basically the snow has packed up on like both sides, but Danny like digs his way in on one mm-hmm. side and he gets in there and then he just starts um freaking out as i think we all do like not just kids but he's like oh my god like what if the snow is to fall in and i was to just suffocate down here and die like nobody knows where i am so yeah he's, and then a minute later he's like oh my god there's something in here with me yes and so he starts like crawling out and i just the terror of him just being like five and small but also 
nobody knows where he is, and he's not like out in the open, like he's hidden in this tube, and nobody yeah, can they help would never him. find him. Yeah, so they literally never find him until spring. So cool. Yeah, so that scene in particular, I like. I had to put the book down for a minute. I was like, "Holy shit!" Because there does end up being something in the tube, like and the snow creature. does fall in, and he has to like dig his way out. Yeah, and it like claws at him, or tries to grab his ankle. I think. Yeah, and then um, that scene, and then the hedge animals afterwards. Those were mm-hmm. pretty scary to me, and just literally the whole end sequence of the book was just a lot more to deal with than it's so good the movie yeah it's so good it's so So, good if anyone has like seen the movie and not read the book number one read the book it's 100 times better and uh, and there's just so much to it and then and also because there is this like one very important task that Jack has to do multiple times a day in the hotel. And that is he has to vent the boiler because the boiler sucks and the pressure and it's it's old as shit. The pressure in it uh, is constantly rising. And so if he doesn't vent it like four times a day, it is the pressure is going to build up and it's just going to explode. So that's one of his like very important tasks that he has to do as the winter caretaker. They didn't really touch on it in the film it wasn't like an important point in the film but it's an extremely important point in the book and uh when jack becomes like fully i guess almost possessed by the hotel and he is having his hallucinations and freaking out and they have to lock him up and whatever this happens over the span of like a full day and during this whole day, no one's been venting the boiler. And the fact that Danny has this, like, moment where it's like, you will remember what Jack forgot when he has that moment and he's just, like, yelling at this demon that, like, was his dad. He's like, you didn't vent the boiler and it's going to explode. It was such a triumphant moment. Yeah. And I'm like, and I was, like, cheering. Yeah. And the creature like, genuinely freaks out because he's like, oh, my God, this kid is fucking right. Like, I can't, I don't have time to kill him right now because we're all going to be dead soon, including me, the hotel. So yeah. it it is just, like, it's huge and dramatic. And you get <clears throat> this really satisfying and cathartic explosion in the book. And they didn't have a fucking explosion in the movie. No. And why would you not put in a huge explosion in your movie? I Probably think, because of budget, but yes. but come on, like you can't have a book that has an explosion in it and not put the explosion in the movie. Come on, <laughs> that was just dumb. Yeah, I feel like that was the most disappointing thing for me. Um, yeah, I had a couple of disappointing moments while I was reading the book, I guess, because a lot of the iconic things that happen in the movie do not happen in the book. Um, yeah. There are no twins haunting Danny, asking him no. to come play with them. I was fucking waiting for it. <laughs> it's like, where are the Grady twins? There's no elevator full of blood. There's no elevator full of blood. There's no hedge maze. 
There's no hedge maze. Instead, they have topiary animals. Which were much more frightening than the maze, but um, apparently Stanley Kubrick was like, it's too um, inconvenient or expensive to add them to the film, so we're going to make this maze instead. That's what I was thinking as well, and I do think that the maze is like an appropriate substitution for it, Um, but I don't... This is, I, this is also why I want to watch the miniseries because maybe they do it in that. The, I think can you they imagine? Do. Yeah, because you can. Can you imagine like CGI topiary animals coming to life and like changing positions and then eventually coming fully to life and like chasing you and attacking you? That is terrifying, and yeah. I really want to see that. <laughs> I think that would be just really effective and cool. Yeah. So like, I get why they did it, why they did the hedge maze, but I just really want to see the topiary animals (laughs) um yeah and then i just also uh the last thing i'm going to mention about the book is that i just really enjoyed um i guess the character of the hotel in the book Um, yeah it's much more like foreboding and there's a lot more happening um as the hotel like all of its shit that's gone on inside of it it's just like this one moment in time that has like compressed all of these little things together and just created this like power that it Mm -hmm. draws from and it's just like it is really a living breathing thing that is haunting this family and you know it has it has its own motivations and it has its own like strategies and and all this stuff and 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 it's the thing that the family is living in. They, like, literally can't get away from it. Yeah. One um, other, like, I guess, moment that I felt was more important in the book uh, was the moment when the first really big snow came. Mm-hmm. And it was, like... That was the moment when they know that they're not going to be plowing the only road out anymore. And it's, like, the sense of, like, finality and, like, we are really stuck here now. Yeah. Together. Yeah. For however many months until the snow melts. And if there's anything that we forgot to get, if there's anything that we need, we just kind of have to deal with it now. And it was, like... It was like a moment, you know, that they all just kind of felt. And they were all just kind of like standing. I think that they were maybe all like standing in the porch for a minute and just kind of watching it come down. Mm -hmm. Um, And the moment that we get in the film uh, is kind of more about Jack or maybe Jack and Wendy. Because she goes up to him and she's like, the forecast says that it's going to snow tonight. And his response to it is like, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah. And it becomes like a moment that's kind of more about their relationship and it coming apart. And I liked it more when it was like the three of them all together just kind of being like, well, we sure are in this now, huh? Yeah. Like they're all in this mess together. Yeah. But together. Yeah. You know? Let's talk about our actual second impression now. So the movie. So the movie. Um, (laughs) So the movie. Like, I kind of wish that I had watched the movie and then read the book and then watched the movie again. Mm -hmm. Because 
frankly, I was like pretty disappointed with the movie as a whole, having just read the book. Like literally just finished it. And then I watched the movie. And same. <laughs> same. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was still very like fresh on my mind. And there were lots and lots of good parts and yeah. lots and lots of scary parts. Yes. Um, however, it is not the book at all. No. And I can see why Stephen King was disappointed in the adaptation. Totally. Um, specifically, like, I don't think that Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall made a very convincing couple as a family unit. And, no. um, they I didn't just... didn't love their chemistry. Pardon? I didn't love their chemistry. No. Um, I think that, um, it, I was just waiting for them to get to, like, the shitty part of their relationship, I guess, in the book, yeah. in, the, in the story where, like, Jack literally starts trying to kill them because Jack Nicholson was much more believable as that kind of Jack than as, like, the family man. Right? He, li- he, on, and maybe this is just, like, who Jack Nicholson is as an actor. <laughs> maybe it's just his face. Maybe it's just his voice. Oh, but part of it is the eyebrows, like, for sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, like, from the first scene, he just comes across as fake. Oh, Even when yes. he's being, like, polite, approachable, interviewing man, I was just like, I don't trust you. Well, so in that scene, when he's getting interviewed by Ullman for the position, um, like, even in the book, Jack is being fake because he thinks that Ullman is a dick. And everybody thinks that Ullman's a dick. But in the movie, Ullman is not a dick. So it just seems very No, he's very just like weird. a regular guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a, he's a friendly hotel manager, says goodbye to his staff, and is like leading him around the hotel, and Jack's just being fucking crazy. I think part of that has to do with the fact that the character of Al Shockley is totally eliminated from yes. the film. Yeah. And he's an important character in the book- um, even though we don't get, like, any scenes of him, like, in the present time face-to-face mm-hmm. with Jack, they have one conversation over the phone, and then it's all just kind of, like, flashbacks from their drinking times together, because they were drinking buddies, and Al is the reason why um, he got the position at the hotel, because you find out later that he's, like, a huge stakeholder in it. Yes. Which brings up all of these other, like weird things uh and questions because jack has discovered the like sordid past of the hotel and whatever and he's like what are you really doing al i don't know i thought we were friends um so the fact that jack is like i'm doing this because al got me this job and i can't let him down and this is a really good opportunity for me to like earn money while also working on my passion which will hopefully earn me some more money later on and then maybe i can get another teaching position i don't know um and you just don't get that in the film it's just kind of like i think they're just like our associates in denver like recommended you yes and that was it yeah um so i don't know (laughs) 
And then the one thing that I thought was super funny when I watched the movie this time was that Jack never actually does any caretaking in the hotel. Like, it's all Wendy. I know. I that was funny, too. I know. Like, <laughs> Wendy's down with the boiler and the furnace and everything. Yeah. And I also thought that that was very funny. But yeah. I appreciated that because, like, her character didn't come across super great for the first 75% of the movie because she was just kind of like it felt like she was just kind of there and Jack is like holding all this resentment towards her so when I did see her like doing stuff in the boiler room I was like okay I see you are showing that you're like a competent and I don't know I don't know I just felt like her real character didn't really come out until everything went south and she had to literally fight for her life. Yeah. Um, kudos to Shelley Duvall, by the way. <laughs> she had to She's go through good. like one of no, she had to go through like one of the most grueling film experiences ever reported in really? history. Yes. Like Stanley Kubrick was such a dick to her the entire time that they were filming. You Aww. didn't read about this? No. Oh my God. Um, yeah, he would be deliberately mean to her so that she would just be in this constant state of, like, distress. And he even told, like, other cast members and staff, like, to not sympathize with her because it wouldn't oh, do her any good. I did hear about this. Yeah. Um, that was really shitty. Jack Nicholson also had a tough time. Everybody had a tough time with this film. Um, yeah. Because Stanley Kubrick is really famous for doing multiple upon multiple takes of the same scene Mm -hmm. um where just to the point where everybody is exhausted and um there was a couple of people that they reportedly like wanted in the film that just would not work with stanley cooper again (laughs) (laughs) just like no you're an asshole yeah um yeah so that's terrible you can't do that yeah like apparently Shelley Duvall had a lot of like weight loss and even hair loss and stuff like that while she was filming so at the end like her exhaustion and just like sheer terror I think it's probably mostly real like apparently she ran out of tears oh poor honey yeah poor baby that is like wild though because I do remember at one point watching the film and I was like her hair looks really thin. Like, I remember yeah. her having more hair. And, like, yeah. it literally was because it had fallen out. Yeah, she And, yeah, she was, like, hair. stick thin. That's so... Ugh. Yeah. That's the, so bad. The other it's, like, thing... if you had read the book and really gotten all there was out of it, you would know that, like, it talks about abuse, like, a lot. Yeah. And the effects of it. And it's part of why Jack is the one that is susceptible to the hotel because he has this like past and he's just like really mentally unwell so yes fuck you stanley kubrick yeah i didn't really like about the movie how there's no um excuse me i'm gonna burp (laughs) nice (laughs) thank you um there's no and i guess in the book too there's no like real defining moment but there's nothing that really defines when Jack, uh, no, when the hotel begins to, like, take Jack in. Because mm. I think in the book it's when he finds the scrapbook. 
in the basement. Yes. The scrapbook is huge. And you do see the scrapbook in the film. It's there, briefly, on his writing desk. It is not acknowledged. But it's not acknowledged. And and from the beginning... I didn't even see that. I missed that. Oh, I saw it. I was like, boom, there it is. Nice. Boom, roasted. <laughs> boom, roasted. Um, You gotta stop with that, dude. I'm tr- Yeah. I didn't even want to do that one. <laughs> But you did it. No, for you, for you. You don't do it for me. I don't like it. Okay, let's carry on. Um, <laughs> just move past it. Um, but yeah, from the beginning, like Jack just seems to be under the hotel's influence. I guess if that's what you're going to really put it as. But it was so much so that I didn't even get the first time I watched this film that he was being haunted by the hotel. Right. It almost seems like it's just it's just cabin him himself having this like wild psychotic break yeah. and murdering his family. Yeah, like he's been off the wagon for or no on the wagon. Excuse me. <laughs> he's been on the wagon for like five or six months and yeah. it just seems like he's just had enough. And that's yeah. it. And now he's gonna just, you know, they're snowed in, he's gonna kill his family now. Yeah, the only like uh, I guess bits that you get that show that it is really the hotel that's like coming to life and doing it is when uh, Wendy is seeing things. Yeah, at the end. At the very end, she sees just like a couple weird scenes. But other than that, it's like it's Danny who just can see things like that's already established. And then it's Jack who is the one that's like being possessed and going through this. And so... And he's not a super credible source. So, yeah, we just get Wendy, who is the most, like, constant character. Yeah. She finally gets to, like, see things, and then you know that it's the hotel that's doing it and not just... Yeah, and not just Jack. But, yeah, you're right. If you're not, like, super paying attention, you could totally just ignore that. Yeah, they're just, like, like, a spooky hotel that's, like, haunted by a ghost. But then also this guy's going crazy. Yeah, or you could be like, oh, like, she is really traumatized right now, so maybe she's just seeing things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. Why did they change room 217 to 237? I have an answer. Please tell me, because, like, little little changes like that between books and, like, film adaptations really confuse me. I'm like, why? Why did you do that? So the movie was shot on a set built in London. Okay. Except for the front exterior of the hotel. That was actually shot at the Timberland Lodge or Timberwolf Lodge um, on Mount Hood in Oregon. Okay. And so it was a real place with an actual room 217, um, but Mm -hmm. they did not have a room 237. So they asked Kubrick to change the number from room 217 to something else so that people wouldn't ask to not stay in that room. Did you mean the opposite? What? What did I say? Because you said they... They had room 217. I think you said they had a 217, but not a 237. Yeah, they had a 217. But 217 is the room. No, 217 is the room in the book, but 217 is... Or 237 is the room in the movie. Yeah, but why would they change that? 
because the hotel had an actual 217 and they didn't want it to have like bad connotations with that room oh at the hotel yes at the real at the real actual hotel that they used to shoot the front exterior gotcha yeah I got it. I'm there. That took me a second. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about. Join me over here. The, yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I'm. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Cool. Um. Yeah. No, I wasn't thinking about like repercussions for mm-hmm. the actual like shooting location. But yeah. that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um. Gotcha. Yes. Great. Boom. Cool. Don't. I won't. Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, no, that totally makes sense, because, I don't know, man, I would want to stay in that room. I would not. That bathtub scene was fucking terrifying in the movie. Like, the book- It was a cool bathroom, though. Yeah, it was pretty dope. Um, I literally, while that scene was happening, the most prominent thought on my brain was like, wow, this is a really cool bathroom. (laughs) It's fucking huge. It was, and I really liked the, like, weird, like, archways. Yeah. And the coloring was, like, very 70s. Very um, I liked it. It was groovy. Um, like, the carpets in the room. Yeah. <clears throat> this isn't important. <laughs> I just liked it. So, like, in the book, Jack goes into the room, and he, he at first, sees nothing in the bathroom, and then he, like, goes to leave, mm-hmm. and then he hears... Um, the shower curtain slide across on its own seemingly and he goes back in and then he can see like a figure behind the shower curtain but he doesn't go and investigate further he just leaves because he gets fucking freaked out as you would and he can smell the lady's soap yes and um, like have yeah yeah so in the in the book i was like what the fuck like that wasn't that scary like it was a little terrifying but it wasn't that bad but in the movie like i have I gotta give props to Stanley Kubrick for that one because that was much more, much more scary, in my opinion. And it was well, it was also because we didn't uh, get Danny's perspective, yeah, of it at all. Because in the film, he goes into this catatonic state and he just like doesn't come out of it for a really, really, really long time. And in the book, he does. After a while, like, snap out of it, and he's able to talk about, like, what, what happened. happened. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get that, so they had to show it somehow. My favorite part of that scene in the book was, um, so he shows up, and or his parents find him, and he's got these, like, bruises on his neck because the lady has tried to strangle him. Mm-hmm. And um, Wendy immediately thinks that Jack has done it because he's hurt him in the past, and yeah. um but but um like Stephen King writes in there that it's really obvious that it wasn't Jack because like Danny's neck is wet, but Jack's hands that Wendy was just touching were dry and mm-hmm. all this shit. And then once he comes out of that state in the book, he's like, She hurt me, she hurt me and then Jack is like, What the fuck and did you do, Wendy? Yeah. Yeah. And um I thought that that was a really great scene for like their kind of falling apart family dynamic you know mm-hmm. these parents don't trust the other one around their own child yeah and jack doesn't necessarily even trust himself around danny sometimes so it was really scary yeah um what else did i want to talk about the movie i will agree with what you mentioned early on that the soundtrack and like sound design oh my god is ah uh, 
chef's choice. kiss. Chef's kiss. It is <laughs> perfection. It is the scariest thing about the film, I will say. Agreed. Like, um, very, very well done. Yeah. It just keeps you on edge the whole time. Like, you, I, there were points when, like, nothing that scary was happening or, like, I knew what was going to happen, but my body was still tense. Yes. And it was just because of the music. Yeah. Very well done. It was so good. Um, yeah. And I don't want to hear that music. <laughs> like, No. It puts it, me on edge. Yeah. It was um, definitely a smart choice by Stanley Kubrick to include whichever composer that was. Um, God. Uh, I had such like a visceral like body reaction to it when I heard it because that's the music <laughs> I fucking remembered from being like really small um hiding behind the couch yeah and uh, i was just like i had to like steady myself to be like it's okay emma like it's just a fucking movie you can do it it is a girl now (laughs) i'm a big kid now Yeah. yeah you did it you got through it i did um um i found yeah so final final thoughts about the film I found the end very unsatisfying. Yeah. It just kind of leaves you with just a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. You know? It just kind of amounts to nothing. Um, Fucking Dick Halloran dies. <sighs> that pissed me off so much. I was shocked. I, I gasped. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really realize that that had happened because... I forgot. I had never yeah. seen the end of the movie oh, before. Really? Well, oh. I had seen... Well, I had seen that one shot of him, like, frozen in the snow, but I still thought uh, yes. that we would get the satisfaction of, you know, Dick coming in and maybe also getting that one moment where he has to, like, fight against the hotel. Yeah. Um, that was fucking scary away. in the But instead... <laughs> yeah, it was... Oh, yeah, that had me, like, woof. Oof, just like gripping so hard um but yeah instead he shows up um and good on him shout outs to scatman crothers yeah and he just dies and then they take his snowmobile and they leave yeah it seemed kind of pointless for him to be there other than just to like lure jack away from wendy when he's Mm -hmm. got her trapped in the bathroom that's literally the only reason I think they brought him back. Yeah, I don't think that um, they really did that character justice in the film. No. In the book, he's fleshed out he's so amazing. much more. because Yeah, because yeah, I was really worried that we would get this kind of stereotype of a character that's like the, you know, magic old black person. Yes. And uh, I was worried that Stephen King was, like, doing that, but... We get to experience him as, like, a full person, and we get his backstory, and we get to spend a lot more time with him in the book than we do in the movie. Yeah. And in the movie, he kind of just really got the short end of the stick in, like, every single way. He, like, he shows up, he's, like, he gets to do his magic black person thing, and then he shows up again, and he fucking gets killed. And I'm like, excuse me? This is a very important character, and you did not do him justice, and I'm sad about it. Yeah. It's really a shame. And it's Scatman Crothers. Like, fucking come on. <laughs> you, He's you, a Scatman. You got him bad. Um, <sighs> yeah, now bad. I really want to watch the miniseries. 
Me too, because now I just want to see... I don't know. I feel like Stephen King. I want to see, like, something that has done this book justice. I have visuals in my mind that I want to see come to life. I feel I like... That would be really interesting. Yeah, I feel like in... So the miniseries was, like, 20 years ago, but I feel like in this golden age of television, like, there could be a fucking great miniseries made. I think it's time. Remake. HBO, get Let's on do it. it. <laughs> HBO, you got lots of money. Also, I want that. please fund Paul Blart 1.5 Actual Cop. Oh, God, yes, please. That would be so good. <laughs> uh, <I want> that. <laughs> uh, should I watch Paul Blart Mall Cop too? No. But yeah. Okay. okay. We have to well, know if we're going to make Paul Blart 1.5. You have to know what it's like. <laughs> There was a Listeners, couple of good moments that in the film that I did just, like, laugh out loud at. Uh, are we talking about The Shining or are we talking about Paul Blair Mall Cop 2? Both, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what made you laugh out loud in The Shining? Um, oh, God. It was just in my brain. Um, I don't know. Just pretty much, like, any... Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's when Jack and Wendy are having their initial confrontation like she's got her her bat and he's uh being <laughs> aggressive towards her backing her up the stairs yeah i know exactly <laughs> what like you're gonna say a moment before she smacks him in the head where he's just like trying to spook her i guess and he's just like he's just doing like grabby hands at her <laughs> yeah and she's just like got this terrified grip and she's just like barely swinging at him she's like stay away <laughs> Stay away. And he's doing grabby hands. It's just, it is unintentionally very comical. It, yeah, it was so funny. And then yeah, um, when she actually, thinking. like, does make contact with him, he's so shocked at it that immediately, like, I went back to terror. But, like, uh, it was, yeah, it was good. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was all right. It, this movie has its moments. I don't think that it should necessarily be the like standout quintessential horror film that it's been praised as especially compared to the novel itself yes i think that on its own it has some merit and it's good um I think it's AO fine on its own. A-O and then fine. I think if you can comp- AO fine and then if you put it beside the book as we have done, it just really falls flat on way too many levels and it is a shame. So yeah, that's why I wish that I had kind of like I had watched the movie first and then read the book and then gone back to the movie. Yeah. I agree. Cuz I think that, that I would um Yeah, I just feel like I would have felt better about it um if I had gone in having not literally just finished the book. Yeah. Um, so, I must yeah. say, like, we've talked about how good the ending in the book was, but I honestly was not prepared for how brutal it was compared to the it's ending very brutal. in the film. And, uh, okay, now here's a question for you. What do you think mm. is a scarier weapon for Jack to wield, the axe or the roke mallet? The mallet. Yes. Because a mallet can't necessarily... Well, it won't kill you on the first hit, and an axe probably will. Yeah. If you're going for the head, right? Yes. So a mallet is always scarier, 
because you can live through those hits and you can experience that terrible, terrible pain. And I know that for myself and for probably lots of other people, if you are going to be in a situation (laughs) where it's like, oh, no, I might die, like, you want it to be quick. You want it to be quick and painless, right? (laughs) You want to experience as little pain as possible. And I feel like an axe is just going to do the job. So, like, (laughs) a mallet is so brutal. So, like, you would just rather die quickly than have, like, a chance of escaping after a couple of hits? Um, (laughs) when you phrase it that way... No, I do think that the the mallet is scarier. It's a way scarier weapon. Also, just because, like, um, in the book, like, okay, I don't know if you've seen any of these, like, other horror films where, like, it'll be, like, a fucking uh, pitchfork or something that the bad guy is dragging across cement and you can just hear yeah. that sound. And then in the book, like, when Jack has the mallet, he's not just holding the mallet, like, waiting to beat Wendy and to death with it like he is he's swishing it back and forth the wall yeah hitting the walls yeah and so in my mind i kept imagining that like swishing sound when you spin something really fast yeah um and that's terrifying yeah you know i was totally anticipating that in the film but instead after he falls down the stairs he just kind of has this like limp and he just kind of limps around carrying an axe and yes it is very scary on its own but there are much scarier weapons and yeah, I don't know. It was it was not as powerful as it could have been. No. I yeah. do have one last fun fact about the movie though. Tell me. Um so the door that Jack is axing his way through. Mhm. Originally, the prop department made a prop door because you know, regular people <laughs> might have a hard time swinging an axe <laughs> through a regular door. Sure, yeah. Not Jack Nicholson, who used to be a volunteer firefighter. Did he smash through the door? He smashed like, through the door so quickly that um, Kubrick was like, they had to immediately make a stronger door. And yeah. I think he ended up having to axe his way through like 60 doors or something like that. Oh my God. Yeah. That's wild. And uh, I found out that fact before I watched the movie, and then I was watching him, like, swing through the door and then use the axe to, like, pull pieces out of it. And I was like, that mm-hmm. seems like a very firefighter-y thing to do. Like, I would just, like, swing, pull it out, swing, pull it out, in, out, right. in, out, you know? <laughs> Not this, like, swing but and he dig. had training. Yeah, he had a real technique. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. I'm I am glad to know that. Good. I love fun facts. Just call me Keegan. I will not. That would get <laughs> real weird. Okay, yeah, don't. <laughs> Just call me Ginger Spice. You are yes, you're Ginger Spice now. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's get into our rubric. Our Stanley. Our Stanley. Rubric. Rubric. <laughs> chef's kiss Uh, i'm ready fun factor go oh how are we gonna do this are we gonna rate the book and the film separately or um let's do experience as a whole let's uh, oh interesting let's do the the book and the film separately wait no no fun factor 
experience as a whole. Fear factor. Fear factor. Separate. separate. And then would you, was it worth it? And would was you it do worth it again? It? Uh, separate. I, I think was it worth it should be uh, together. Okay. Fine. Okay. We'll you go back and you, forth. Boo. Okay. But I am. I'm going to do me. Thank you. Fun <laughs> factor as an experience mm-hmm. was pretty fun. It was kind of, it was like fun at times and then really boring at times because <laughs> it's just a really long book. Um, but it was also compelling at parts. So it has slow parts and has good parts and the same goes for the movie. So like a 6.5. Cool. I'll bump it up to a 7. Cool. It's a 7. Okay, cool. Respectable. Thank you. Uh, I think I'm going to give it like an 8 or a 9. Oh, I she liked really it. enjoyed this book a lot. Um, Yay! Yeah, even the slow parts. Um, I don't think I could have handled it if it was just like uh, like high intensity, very exciting things happening all of the time. Because this book, oh yeah, like, God, no. was exhausting sometimes. Um, I actually started reading it like almost a month ago. Oh wow! And it took me until you know a couple of days ago to finish it oh i read it really fast and well i don't have time to do that i'm a very busy lady i know you are very busy i was trying to be smart crushed it in like a in like four days yeah i mean like for previous book episodes like i have just read the book in like three or four days but it's always just like it feels like a marathon to get through it so this i was like I know it's going to be spooky, so I'm going to start it early so that I can put it down when I want to and just, like, blah, blah, blah. That is the way to do horror books, I think. Yeah. But um, I didn't get through it, like, as quickly as I wanted to because I was like, oh, I got time. Like, I'll just read, you know, 20 pages tonight. Oh, that's scary. Okay. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) But overall, like, I really enjoyed the book. I loved how rich the background was and just like I said earlier just how much it made the whole story make sense in my mind Mm -hmm. um yeah and then you know I also enjoyed watching the movie again it's a beautiful movie um but yeah it was it was a good experience eight or nine eight or nine spooks out out of ten great I love it yeah fear factor separately okay Movie Book. first. Movie first? Yeah. Because that was like, our second impression. Four? It's not that scary. Yeah. There are a lot of like, okay, like a 10 for the music because oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there are a lot of, I guess like if you if you took them separately, a lot of very scary visual moments. Yeah. Um, however, as a whole... I didn't find it that scary. So it's a four for me for the movie. Yeah. I'd agree. What about you? I'd agree. I think um, I'm going to give it an extra point of five simply because I think I had some residual feelings about that whole um, room 237 scene <laughs> again. That's fair. So yeah. I, I had to, um, I was watching it by myself in the living room. And then I was like, okay. The scene's coming up. I was like, okay, Emma, like, let's just fucking do it, get through it. I had to pause the movie. 
And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go get ready for bed now because it was nighttime. (laughs) And then, you know, I went and brushed my teeth. And then I was like, Travis was playing his game. And I was like, oh, Travis, like, are you coming to bed? And he's like, yeah, I'll be there soon. And it's like, he's like, what are you doing? Are you reading? I was like, no, I'm watching a movie. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll be there really soon. Like, he was going to come watch it with me. And I was like, waiting yeah. and waiting. And then I was like, I, I need to press play because I, I need to go to sleep soon. And this movie is like not even halfway over. Super long. It's a crazy long movie. Yeah. So I ended up having to watch it by myself. But I was like tucked up under the covers. And I... My first reaction was to, like, cover my eyes because that's what I've done in the past. But then this time I was like, no, Emma, like, you have to look at it. You have to watch it. And I did, and it wasn't as bad as I remembered. Like, my memory was much worse um, than what happened. But it's still, like, that feeling inside of me was just, like, sheer terror. (laughs) So five out of ten. But you got through it. I did. Yes. I'm very proud of myself. Very scary. I'm proud of you, too. Yeah. Uh, book. Fear factor for the book. Um, Like an eight. Like an eight or a nine. It was. No, like an eight. Um, It was scary. <laughs> but the thing that was the thing that was like best about it was that it was just so well done. And there was this like very slow buildup. Mm-hmm. And. Everything that is mentioned about the character's backstory, like, is important and comes back. And it's like, and it comes out in the, especially Jack, in the things that he is, like, shouting to his family as he's going to go and, like, kill them. It's all of these things that have happened in the past from when he lost his job and things that his father used to yell. And it's just, like, so creepy the way that it, like, amalgamated in his brain. Yeah. And came out into the spooky thing. And then also things that, like, the hotel has put into his brain. Things that he had never experienced firsthand. He's just, like, screaming them because the hotel's got him now. And, yeah, it was just very, very scary. Um, Scariest moment probably when... God, I don't know. It was scary, but I also really liked it when he bashed his own face Oh, in. my God. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> it, like, didn't linger on it too long. And I think that if it had lingered on it longer, it would have been a lot scarier for me. But he just kind of, like, does it. Yeah. And it's very, like, like final. Um, so, yeah. I liked it. <laughs> it was very scary. It was good. Yeah. I'm going to give it... Yeah. Um, I think a nine, nine out of 10. Okay. Uh, I just, my facial expression while I was reading probably the last like 150 pages was just consistently like furrowed brow and like kind of, you know, that silent horror slash disgust (laughs) that you get. Um, but yeah, it was just a really well-written book and it was like it was scary but it was also like entertaining um yes totally and i think it also helped you know i thought that i knew how it ended so that helped me kind of like get through it you know i was like danny and wendy survive and Mm -hmm. all this stuff you know this is just in the middle of that this is just getting in the way of that but they'll get over it um 
Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. Scariest moment for me, I think, was that scene with Danny in the playground, uh, which was surprising because, like, my mom ended up telling me about that scene before I read it. And I was like, oh, that doesn't oh, sound yeah. very scary. She's like, oh, but it is. It's, she was like, it's the most scary part of the book. And I was like, it is really scary. You're lying. <laughs> but yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> and then um, also just that first moment when Jack realizes that he's like going to kill his family. You know, the hotel yeah. just kind of pops out in there and then he's like, whoa, what the fuck was that? Like, did I really just think about murdering my wife and child? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you did, boy. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was terrifying. It was awesome. Yeah. It was very well done. <laughs> so was it worth it? Yeah, it was totally worth it. I am not a baby anymore when it comes to scary <laughs> things, I have realized. I can yeah, handle a lot. I'm not up. <laughs> I'm not that easily spooked anymore. Um so I think that this was totally worth it. It was a great way to close out our October. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad we saved it for last because I feel like it was the spookiest thing that we did this month. Yeah, it definitely was the spookiest <laughs> thing. Um, tarot was like spooky but fun. Yeah. Uh, Ouija boards mm, kind of yeah. crapped, crapped out. Um, and Are You Afraid of the Dark is not scary at all. That was just a great time Yeah, with our good buddies. So, yeah, this was definitely the scariest thing. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Halloween, nerds. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also think it was so worth it. Um, I'm really glad that I kind of got that kick in the pants to read the book finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I don't think that I would have on my own otherwise, so... It was on my Thanks, reading list for like Emma. Thanks this podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. It was on my reading list for like the past two years because uh, I have a reading challenge because I'm a huge nerd. Yeah, you do. And yeah, you are. Um, I was like, oh, I'll just get to it eventually. I think it was like halfway down or something like that, and I just never got to it. But now I have, and I crossed it off. Boom, done. Picked another Amazing. scary book for next year. So. Yeah, we should do another scary book next year. I want to do The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Oh, that just came out as a series on Netflix. Yes, it did. I haven't been watching it. Apparently, it pops up like first thing when I log into Netflix. Apparently, it's not a true adaptation. It's more just like um, a whisper of it. What's that called? Inspired by... <laughs> An homage. An homage to, yeah. So. It also has the same name. Well, it's, it's called The Haunting of Hill House. It's called The Haunting on Hill House. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> it's the whole name. I know. I just realized that. <laughs> I was thinking of something else. Um, but yeah, it's just inspired by and um, okay. so I think it's important to keep that in mind once you watch it. However, I haven't watched it. I haven't read the book. So I don't know. But... Maybe for next year. Oh, let's watch it now, and then we can do second impression next year. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so would you do it again? Um, yeah. I would probably do both again. Um, but I'm going to have to carve out a big chunk of time for the book. And I guess for the movie, because, like, <laughs> let's face it, I was expecting it to be, like, two hours max, and it's really not. Um, but, yes, I would do both again. What about you? Yeah. Um, I definitely want to read the book again. 
because I feel like there is a lot um, in the book that is unpacked that is in that boring part that we would gloss over as like first time readers. And I want to get into that a little bit deeper. Totally. Because <clears throat> my voice cracked a little. I'm a huge book nerd. Yeah, there's probably stuff in there that we like glossed over. Yeah. Um, and the movie I will watch again because I do think it is a good movie. Am I going to be comparing it to the book? I'm going to try not to because when you do, you find those cracks. You find the places that just really could have been better. And uh, I don't think that that does it any justice. It is a good movie. It is a terrible adaptation. Yes. Agreed. Yes. But yeah, it was really hard not to make comparisons this time around because we had literally just finished the book. So yeah, I'll try to be better in the future. (laughs) Uh, So what about you, dear listener? Have you seen the movie? Probably. Have you read the book? Probably not. But I think you should. It was good. It was great, even. Chef's kiss. Way to go, Stephen King. You did it. Um, Probably one of the better Stephen King books that I've read. Um, A lot of people say that it's like his best or one of his best or at least their own personal favorites. So So that's something. I don't know. I was also super freaked out by Dreamcatcher. That was really scary. Haven't read it. Uh, Aliens come out of people's butts. Oh, gross, dude. <laughs> I don't want that. Anyways. Um, that was really scary. Yeah, they like blast on out of there. Oh, God. It's, it's Stephen really King is, like disgusting. very sexual sometimes. Oh, yeah. so sexual. Like when when you don't have to be. Like, come on, man. Come, come on, on, dude. Keep it in your butt. <laughs> Keep it in your Pants. butt. We don't need to know that Jack's <laughs> caressing Wendy's breast at this moment. <laughs> that's true i also did think that that was weird they're having this like very serious conversation but he's also just unbuttoning her blouse <laughs> and massaging her tit and i was like come push on. it back like two minutes come, come on. on come on uh, come on all right okay anyway anyways don't let that deter you listener go read the book it's great uh you can let us know about your experience with the shining at on Twitter, not at Twitter. Why do I always want you to You always that? do that. On Twitter, know. at Impressions Pod, or Facebook, Instagram, and Vero, Second Impressions Podcast. Also, go like our Facebook page, please. Oh, yeah, shit. We have a Facebook page. We've had it this whole time. We don't talk about it because I always forget about I it. Mean, Emma I mean, I bring up Facebook every episode. Oh, I always tune you out when, you do, when you're doing that. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm just wait because I'm just waiting when I have to say my part, which is you can email suggestions for future episodes to us at second impressions podcast at gmail.com. What are you doing for Halloween? What are you friendos? dressing up as? What do you want us to try next Halloween time? October time. Twenty nineteen. Spookum time twenty nineteen. Let us know now. Spooktober. 2019 spookum month <laughs> is done we did it we made it all the way through spookum month yes and now yes. we're getting into november and then it's december and then it's the end of the year oh my god Ugh. everything's happening i know 
Just don't. Everything happens so much. Just trying not to think about it too much. That's the scariest thing I've experienced this month. Christmas. I'm excited about that. It'll be good. It'll be great. Oh, yeah. Something that you should let us know, listener. Do you have any favorite moments from previous episodes? Yeah. If you do, let us know through literally any of our social media that we things. literally just told you about. Yeah. Just rewind. Let me know. Like I'm working seconds. on something. So. <clears throat> so do that. That would be great. <laughs> and have a happy Halloween. Ooh. Thank you to Keegan for the art. Thank you to Travis for the music. My name's Danica. My name's Emma. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And we're on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, blah, 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 blah. We're on everything. Bye. 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 <laughs>